The following podcast contains adult content. It is not suitable for minors, professional settings, or the faint of heart. The stories you're about to hear are recorded live at Petra's in the historic Plaza Midwood, Charlotte, North Carolina. Foreplay Goes South is open mic storytelling. Hosted monthly by Metanoia, attendees share their intimate, sultry, salacious tales. Hey everyone, it's April and I'm back to bring you some more stories. So the past couple months have been a bit of a whirlwind between travel and then makeup work and I have been remiss for sure in publishing the podcast. So I'm here to bring you a full podcast episode and to also let you know that uh, there'll be a little bit of a change up in the format of the podcast moving forward. So some of you may remember that during National Storytelling Week, I published uh, a single story each day. And I've heard back from many of my listeners who said that they really, really enjoyed that format as well. So moving forward, you can anticipate some single story shorts interspersed in between the regularly scheduled monthly podcast. I look forward to sharing more stories with everyone. So up first in this episode, we've got Mags on stage and all eyes are on her. Okay, so um, in my early 20s, I was also a flight attendant and I was living outside of D.C. Um, yeah, Grace in Dallas, that's what you say when you live outside of D.C. It's like, I live in D.C. No, you live outside. You're, you're an hour outside of D.C. <laughs> so uh, I was living in a, a house with six other flight attendants and I was on a lot of apps and my motto was I have sex on the first date if I want to because why am I going to waste both of our times and if you only want to have sex with me and not talk to me again let's just figure that out really quickly so I can move on so you know I was going on a lot of dates with a lot of like finance political bros which fine whatever you guys want the capitalist world grounds whatever but uh i finally matched with this guy who i thought was going to be really interesting he like had a lot of photos of him like in flannel outside and he had a beard with like a quaffed mustache and he yeah it is it was a trap um, and uh like with beer and everything and so we were chatting it was going well um, and finally I was like, hey, you want to get up and like go out on a date? And he was like, yeah, definitely. Where are you located? And I was like, I'm outside of D.C. And he's like, that's cool. I'm like right in D.C. And I was like, oh, okay, well, do you want to like find a place that's like in the middle? Or he's like, yeah, actually, Walt, so we could do that. Or I know this like new bar that I'm interested in trying out. And I was like, okay, cool. That's, that's fine. Where is it? And he gives me the location and I, it's like an hour away from me. But he was cute. So I went. And um, I show up, and the date is going pretty well, and uh, I go to the bathroom at one point, I run to the other bartender, it's kind of late, and uh, so there's really nobody else in there, except for like us, and one other person at the bar, and the bartender, and I run into the bartender, and she's like, oh, are things going well with Dave? And I'm just like, Dave? Yeah. Do you know him? And she's like, yeah, he's a bartender here. And I was like, oh. And she's like, he didn't tell you that. He, just, he told me that he was going on a date with somebody after his shift tonight. I was like, okay. He made me drive an hour away to meet him at his bar. That's cool. But so I go back and I sit down. I'm like, so you, you work here, huh? And he's like, 
oh, well, so the other place that I was going to suggest, like, they were closed early, and I just picked up this ship last night. I was like, yeah, you're a liar. You're a liar. But again, he was cute. So I let him fly, and it was still, we, you know, brushed past that. We're chatting. It's going, still going well, still going well. Do you want to come back to my place? My motto, if I want to do it, I'm going to do it. So I said yes. We go out to the parking lot. He's like, oh, well, I walked here. So could you could you drive? I'm like, you walked here? How, how close are He was two blocks away. I drove an hour, and he lives two blocks away. So, again, just going with it still. And I show up, and he's like, oh, just, you know, when we, when we go in, it's late, you know, it's like, I don't know, we closed out the bar. It was probably like one or so, midnight or one in the morning. He said, we just have to be kind of quiet, so like, wake up my folks in the house, and I was like, yeah, your folks, yeah, like your people, what, what folks, uh, and we go in, and we're like tiptoeing down these stairs into the basement, and, yeah, yeah, it was parents, and, but at this time, I had understood that rent in D.C. was extremely high, and I knew several people who lived in basements, not in basements of their parents' homes, but in basements. This is very common. Basements in D.C. go for like 1800 a month and you don't even have a window. So I was like, okay, he's got a fireplace. That's nice. He's like, oh, there's a fire. So he's, you know, and again, this man had pictures of him in the woods. So I'm like, oh, this is hot. He's a woodsy guy. And so he's like, he's trying to start this fire. I'm trying to start this fire. And he can't get the fucking fire started. And now I'm like, I'm getting bored. And you can't even start a fire. And you're supposed to be like, the guy that likes hiking. And I'm like, why don't I start this fucking fire, you little limp dick, and then you can get us a drink. And so he is like, open, I'm like, bring the wine here and open it in front of me and I'll start the fire. So he brings the open bottle of wine as I've started the fire so I don't see it open. I'm like, hey, like, no offense. I need to see it open in front of me, you know, uh, safety. He's like, oh yeah, totally, 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 understand, understand, yeah, no problem. Keep working on that fire. And so I'm working on the fire, and I start it pretty quickly, and he comes back with two open beers again. I'm like, sir, what part of this do you not understand? So I'm like, pretend, I'm like, cool, this is so good. Yeah. So good, the beer's so good. And it's like not going down, because I'm not drinking it. And we're sitting on his couch, kind of start like making out, I'm like, I don't know into this. I was like, is he going to be a good kisser? He was okay. And then, like, as we're making out on the couch, I'm just, like, feeling uneasy. And I'm tallying it up in my head, you know, like, dragged me out here, right next to his house, lives in the basement of his parents' house, can't start a fire, is opening drinks without me seeing them, all these things, you know, that you kind of want to brush past when you want to get laid. But now I'm just, like, here, I'm like, like the kissing's not that and I'm just going through it, like, it's not that good. And then, like, as I'm thinking this, I kind of, like, open my eyes. And you know the kissing's bad when you, like, haven't opened your eyes and you're just, like, looking around, like, oh. <laughs> And I really see what he does with Jake Corrin here. And right at that moment, my eyes lock with several sets of eyes. And on a shelf in his basement, which is sparsely furnished, are like six marionette dolls. So naturally, yes, this was my internal reaction. Dozens of people were screaming inside of me. And I'm like, so what's the story with the, with the dolls? He's like, 
like they're marionettes. And I'm a collector. And I was like, oh, that's so interesting. I've never met anyone who collects marionettes, maybe like old cameras or typewriters. And he's like, oh, I see. You're one of those girls who thinks guys can't have dolls. I was like, sir, you could have a vintage Barbie up there, and I would have thought that was cooler than wooden marionette dolls with, like, dead eyes and the, the neck staring at me from the shelf. Like, I'm not really in it. So, that, I have both my kidneys. I am concerned about my soul. But, so at this point, I'm kind of like, oh, you know, crazy, look at the times, you're not wearing a watch. I gotta get out of here. I have a doctor's appointment at, like, uh, you know, 6 a.m. that I have to get you an hour away since you made me drive all the way out here. So I left, and I've ne- I had never ghosted anyone at that point. I really prided myself on, like, being, like, honest of, like, I just don't think it's going to work out. You know, you really guys are not my type. Um, no, I ghosted this. I ghosted that guy. And he, like, he even, like, texted me months later and was like, hey, you left your necklace at my house. And I was like, I give it to your mom. Give it to your marionette. I am never coming back. And uh, whenever my friends feel down about the bad bumble dates they go on, they text me and say, tell me the marionette story. That's it. In our next story, Shay is digging herself a very thuddy hole. Alright, so tonight I'm going to tell a story of how I have made a series of mistakes um, regarding one of my partner's birthday presents. So I have a weighted foam bat that I really love. I'm really into the thuddy shit. Um, and he goes, you know, I could use something like that in my kit. Absolutely. So I go, okay, let's not get that exactly. Let's get that adjacent. So, you know, we have different kits and stuff like that. Great idea. Not a great idea. Buying your toys on Etsy, leaving time and when it's not over. Because you don't read the descriptions. <laughs> so I bought what I thought was a weighted, um home-covered thumper thing. Yeah. Um, and I'm super excited. I told my partner about it. It's supposed to come right around his birthday. It came like, right after. But I literally was able to hand it to him. I'm like, there you go. So he opens it up. He looks at it. I haven't seen it in person yet. And I see before me a baton covered in neoprene. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. consider myself a beginner, but if I had read Minimum Intermediate to Heart Toy, I might have kept looking. Now, you know, that's all well and good. I'm not that much in trouble yet, except I'm reminded that I in fact am. So we, we talk about, oh shit, this is like way nastier looking than I even thought it was going to be, but like, you know, yeah, we can work with this. It's going to be fun. And he goes, you know, you still have a punishment that we haven't gotten to. Fuck. I'm like, oh, we do? <laughs> I'd forgotten about that. And I kind of thought, maybe you had as well. 
Um, no, he's just been holding it over my head for like the last three months. Um, just, just using it as a fear tactic. It's very effective. Uh, um, and the, the punishment itself was straightforward. It sucked. He beat the shit out of me. Uh, I, that toy's not my favorite. But I will take a brief back to why I got the punishment in the first place. Yeah. And so I have a question. Have you ever been fucked so hard and so good you get confused? Maybe you would agree with me. Maybe you would agree with me that the words that might come out of your mouth were not not of your not intentionally of your own free will. They were fucked out of you, if you will. And so what happened was I'm getting my mind blown. I look up at this man that I love, and something in me goes, he's doing that on purpose. Like, yeah, he's fucking me good on purpose, but like my brain's like, he's doing that on purpose in a mean way. I don't know. <laughs> and so what I said to this man was, fuck you. And I meant it. And apparently the meaning it part was really what got me the punishment in the first place. I tried really hard to talk my way out of it. I did. I swear I did. I made so many good arguments. That wasn't me. Okay, but you can look at it as a compliment. But you love me. None of which worked. Two out of ten, cannot recommend. Um, but yeah, I, uh, we're having fun with the toy. It's all right. It's just way more than I bargained for. In this story, Allie brings the thespian vibes as she proves that she can perform. Oh, God. So, um... <laughs> This is hilarious. Um, so I dated the high school football player. Yes, he was my high school sweetheart. However, he was like younger. It only lasted about two years, so it wasn't really a high school sweetheart thing. He was, anyway. Um, I'm very nervous, can you tell? <laughs> okay. Um, so he, uh, we also performed in musicals together. He was a theater kid. Go figure. We're all crazy. It's, it's a, it's a thing. Um, <laughs> so I used to go to his house and, um, his mom and I would watch Cash Cab together and she'd be like, I'm going to get drunk and you're going to watch Cash Cab with me. And I'm like, cool. So we would sit and we watch Cash Cab and then I'd like make out with her son and then, um, she would go to sleep. So, <laughs> um, yeah, that's literally how this went. However, he was the quarterback and he broke his collarbone. And he was my first boyfriend, you know, we, we had our first kiss, we made out for the first time, I gave him his first hand job, he touched me for the first time, I was 
gonna give him head for the first time. And I, I had it in my mind at this time that all these things were gonna happen. And I was like, I'm gonna suck your dick. So here we are. And uh, <laughs> so all these times, whatever, we would like hang out and then we watch Cash Cab and his mom's like, hey, you want a glass of wine? And I'm like, no, I don't drink because I'm underage. So we'd always hang out and she'd be like, I'm drunk, so I'm going to bed. And I'm like, great, I can make out with your son. So, <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, so, uh, him being a football player, he broke his collarbone. And uh, <laughs> his mom is like, oh, he has a schedule of meds. So every single time the, the alarm goes off, we're going to give him meds. And I was like, okay. But she was like, I'm tired. And I'm like, yeah, me too. Okay, cool, whatever. And so my mom's like, hey, Miss um, Pam called. Are you going to go over and take care of Matthew or whatever? And I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. We're all going to go hang out and drink wine and watch Cash Cab. So anyway, we're all sitting there drinking Cash Drinking cash cab. <laughs> Sorry. Drinking wine. I'm not. She is. She's drunk. She's like, I'm tired. I'm going to go to bed. And I'm like, cool. So she goes away. And uh, he's like, hi, I can't move. So will you go get the um, comforter off my bed? And I'm like, sure. So I go get the um, down comforter. This, like, whatever, football, football, football time. It's hot. It's hot. Okay. So I'm under there-ish, you know, doing things, touching the thighs and doing all the things. And he's all, you know, we're watching Cash Cab. <laughs> and then I go underneath the covers. And I was like, oh, wait, 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 wait. Before this, I was like, hi, I want to suck your dick. And he was like, really? And, and I was like, yeah. We did everything. It's the first time. Like, I'm going to do it. And this was the day of his collarbone surgery. <laughs> this, is, this gets better, I promise. So I'm going down. It's probably like, so I know when his mom has the alarms for these, these meds. And I'm sitting there. And I'm like, sucking dick. And <laughs> he's like, oh, yeah, this feels great, whatever. And his mom walks in, the alarm goes off. An hour has passed. I'm still under the down comforter. And then so she just walks out, and the alarm goes off, and I'm like, I got it, Miss Pam. He had his meds. She walks in, she goes, where's Allie? And I'm like, hi. I pop out. And she's like, oh, you kids have fun. And walks back and goes to sleep. And I'm like, thank God she's drunk. So anyway, so I keep going. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, is there an ending point to this? Like, am I, am I okay? Am I doing a bad job? Like, I'm like dripping sweat at this point. And I'm like, all right, hour and a half is passing. Like, I, my jaw is hurting. Like, I'm like, wow, I'm a fucking professional at this. Jesus fucking Christ. And, uh, yeah, we used to go to church camp. <laughs> that was fun. And, um, yeah, so I, uh, literally am like, is this okay? And he goes, <gasps> and I mentioned, right, that we used to do performance musicals, and he was, like, doing the whole, like, I am the quarterback thing. 
Yeah, uh, he goes, oh my god. I said, what? He goes, um, they said I wouldn't be able to perform. And I thought that meant musicals. <laughs> and I was like, what? So he's like, I'll finish myself. And I was like, I've worked this hard. I don't know where to go. So we're like hitting that two hour point. And I'm just like, ah. So this was our first time. Like it was my first blowjob. It was the first time receiving it. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Anyway, um, whatever, he finishes himself. And then like after his, you know, recovery or whatever. And then we're like, hi, should we suck dick again? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay. And then it was a two pump chump and I went down and he was like, oh God, I'm coming. And I was like, I, I was okay. I, I did a good job. So that's it. <laughs>that's it for this episode. Make sure to keep an ear out for more single story shorts being published soon. And don't forget to catch our next live event at Petra's on April 18th. This episode of Foreplay Goes South podcast was recorded and produced by event host and podcast creator Metanoia. These stories are recorded live every third Tuesday of the month at Petra's in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more information about Foreplay Goes South, follow us at Foreplay GS on Facebook, FetLife, Instagram, and Twitter.